John, you're you're back finally. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, you're our NBA insider, correct? Uh, you're wo- our Woj. The Woj type. Yeah. yeah, you're the you're the Woj type. Guess so. Oh man, we're in bad company if he's our Woj. Yeah. What are you? You do? don't know who Woj is. Nah. I mean, you're Stephen A. Smith, so we're just in bad <laughs> graces all around. Dude, if I'm, if well, one, if I'm our Stephen A. Smith, I have a complexion problem, <laughs> and two, um, no. I what would that make Tony Trish? From that would make Trish. I'm Tony from PTI. No, no, Trish is Tom Thibodeau. I'm not Tom Thibodeau. I was I'm Tony s- from PTI. I was or s- I'm uh, Stugatz. Tom, Tom Thibodeau is the scariest looking. Uh, Motherfucker on the face of the earth. He, he's not built for television whatsoever. He should not have been put on TV. That man dated Kate Upton. What? What? He dated Kate Upton. I just I want to point that out. He did. I don't up. believe that's Confirm right. Confirm this fact. Tom Thibodeau. Yes. Dated Kate Upton. Yes. See, all I'm thinking when you're saying that is, uh, what was that guy's name? Justin Verlander. Jim Dibodeau. Owner of the Dimsdale Dimodome. <laughs> Doug, Doug Dibodeau. Doug Dibodeau. That's it. I'm Doug Dibodeau. <laughs> owner of the Dimsdale Dim- oh, we're really getting nowhere to start this episode <laughs> come so on wait, no. tell me when you hear that name what was the name again Tom Thibodeau Tom it's, Thibodeau it's you're not thinking of Don- Doug Thibodeau did you see what Tom Thibodeau did no what he do oh my god I don't know if you ever seen that video of Draymond Green like kind of freezing Trish no like he just like glitched and he just like according to sources Tom Thibodeau is dating Kate Upton that was in 2014 I told you so what are you what Kate is Upton says her hot date with Tom Thibodeau never happened oh, oh. What who are those you, sources what does this guy look like <laughs> I wanna see this motherfucker Tom Thibodeau's ESPN debut um this was him last night on ESPN just Ooh. staring for our listeners at home, he's just kind of staring. <laughs> he's just staring like that into the camera to start. A blank expression right, you know what? staring that man at the hot. screen. I am offended that you guys wouldn't... Uh... That went on for about 20 seconds. Good. <laughs> Did he know he was being filmed? Yes, there were yes. people talking around him. It, it was like oh. a panel show. Okay. I mean, Tom Thibodeau should not be on TV. But he was there talking about the NBA trade deadline, that's what we're going to talk about since the deadline was yesterday. And guess what? Anthony Davis is still a Pelican. More now, important. I've been talking to some people, and a lot of people don't think that the Pelicans are going to trade AD. Well, they won't trade until at least the offseason. They're going to trade him at some point. That's what I keep saying, that they can't just not trade him because they need something for him. And I think they're going to seriously need to lower their standards of what they're going to get back No, I think think some of it is the Celtics said, hey, we're going to give you this, just wait till the offseason. You think so? Yep. Because, like, are you really going to trade – Yes. All your future for a guy that might not resign next year, like the uh, Lakers would have done it, yeah. And the Celtics wouldn't have to give up all their future; they just basically mm-hmm. have to give up Tatum. Tatum also, did you pieces. see LeBron and what he said? No, what? LeBron said uh, someone asked him like, like, uh, are you pushing the team to trade for AD and all this stuff? And he goes, well, I don't have anything left to prove. He's like, yeah, I, I, I've won everything I'm going to win. I hate that he's like that now. He's like, I've, I've got it. He's like, I got time. <laughs> I got a couple of years left in this league. Uh, if they you know, don't want to make the move now, that's fine. He's like, I'll wait until they well, can. We could talk all day about the trade that did not happen regarding Anthony Davis, but instead of doing that, we might as well talk about the trades that did happen around mm-hmm. the NBA yesterday. And NBA journeyman Nick Stauskas was on three different teams yesterday and ended up getting waived. Same with Wade Baldwin, I believe. Some Portland, uh, Houston Rocket, and uh, Indiana Legends right there. We're going to start off with the first trade of the day yesterday, which was... I'm going to analyze every trade, and that's why we have John here. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's on the show, too. The Woj type. This is why he's here. The Woj type. That's right. So, 
yesterday in the early uh, hours of the trade deadline, the Portland Trailblazers received Rodney Hood from the Cleveland Cavaliers in exchange for Wade Baldwin, Nick Stauskas, uh, and two second-round picks. Uh, uh, who won this trade? <laughs> not It's not exactly a trade that like moves the needle at all for either team, but, I mean, Rodney Hood, he uh, was on Cleveland last year in their postseason. He's a nice, okay, young scorer, a bit inconsistent on defense, but... How young is Rodney Hood? Eh, like, not super young. He's, like, 25, but, you know, it's it never hurts to get younger for a team like Portland. I mean, they gave up two... I guess... I, <laughs> I guess I would call it, he's 26. I guess I would call it a win in trade wise for the Cavaliers. I mean, they did acquire two second round picks, and those second round picks usually never really amount to much in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But at least it's more people in the system that could amount to something, you know? Exactly. It's just like a chance at a potential like future player at some or at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I so I'd have to give the edge to the Cavaliers, um, even though. This wasn't a huge trade or anything. It's just it's just good to see the Cavaliers make some kind of move. Yeah, exactly. They're not trading for anything but the future. Um, They're trying to find another LeBron. How, well, you know, that's good pretty tough when it's once a generation player. Uh, ah, there's it, one coming up. That's what they're hoping with Zion. Yeah. yeah. Are they going to get Zion, you think? It, I, it's I a crap, hope so. It's a crapshoot with the lottery and system now. So Yeah, you I mean, it could literally be the team in what? Fifth place. Fifth place? Yeah. That's as low as it goes? Well, top three has the same odds, 14% at the number one pick. But what that means is, like, the Knicks have the worst odds, right? Have uh, the number one odds right now. That means they could also just as easily fall to five as they can get the number one pick. Yeah. So it's it, it doesn't Like, whoever gets Zion, it can go either way. It could be the Suns, it could be the Knicks, the Cavs, any of those guys in the top five. Well, before uh, before we go deep, what, what's wrong with you people? Both of you. Nothing. I. What? I found something in John's vault that I don't approve of. Yeah, it's his condom. I was talking about it earlier. Tomorrow. You know you're not supposed to keep those in there, John. It's been there for a week. That doesn't matter. The friction rubs on the rubber, and then it makes it no good when you go to use it, John. Just, well, well, thank you. This, this, this is really on top. One second here. We got to promote. I forgot to promote at the beginning of the episode. Oh, that little snippet of information about John's wallet. John's wallet is sponsored by Menby Podcasting. <laughs> Available wherever podcasts are, specifically iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify as their main platforms. So, yeah. Sports culture and everything in between. Menby Podcasting. Go check them out. Yeah. Just in case our hot takes aren't hot enough for you. Go there. That's not possible. Honestly. Our takes are freezing cold. Why? I mean, why? None of them ever come true. That's not true. Mine, mine so far have come true. A couple of them. Which one? How's well, your Cavs uh, pick coming along? All right, listen. <laughs> yeah, well, well, listen. That was a long time ago, okay? It was like How's, three weeks ago. Uh, they, they've, only had like, they've only won like four games since then. Yeah, no, it's not good. How are the Giants doing in the play? How'd the Giants do in the playoffs? Mm, this year? How about that one, the huh? playoffs. I said if they made the playoffs. I think I remember the team saying that the, Gi- the Giants are going to win and make the playoffs. No. And they would win every game. Let's look at the next trade from yesterday. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers acquired Reggie Bullock from the Detroit Pistons for a 2021 second-round pick. And God damn it. Siv- Sivadislav... Hmm. My- yeah, Sv- Sv- Mikhailikuk? It's this, like everyone calls him uh, Svi. Like S-V-I. I All right. Know. Well, they got Svi. 
Yeah. Who won this trade? Um, I don't I know much about either of these players. It's like a neutral like kind of trade again. It's a young second rounder that the Lakers drafted this year. That's who Detroit got. And uh, what what's his name? Reggie Bullock. Yeah. That's what the okay. Lakers got. He's a shooter. Who's he's like the kind of guy they should have gotten in the off season after getting LeBron anyway. But you know they didn't. Let's look at one of the biggest trades of the day. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers acquire Tobias Harris, Boban Marjanovic, and Mike Scott from the Clippers in exchange for uh, Lan- Landry Shamit, Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, a 2020 first-round pick, a 2021 first-round pick, that was Miami's, a 2021 second-round pick, and a 2023 second-round pick. I think the, this was an amazing trade for the Clippers. Yeah, I think it's kind of the like the rare case of the win-win trade that you see nowadays. Yeah, I mean, the Sixers got their depth piece that they could use to kind of make a run at least toward the Eastern Conference title here and maybe even challenge Golden State for a title. But more importantly, for the Clippers at least, um, they're not in a position where they're going to win now. Uh, Tobias Harris was not helping them now. And just acquiring more assets for the future, can they can either flip it for another player or you can draft players and build more for the future that miami pick in 2021 is going to look really good yeah it can it mm-hmm. has the ability to and also like when you look at the other players who came along with tobias harris in that trade boban uh, mike scott and uh, uh who was it? it was boban marjanovic and mike scott i believe yeah came back. was there anyone else who came back from the clippers or no, just just harris, just harris uh, marjanovic and scott that's still a like a pretty pretty decent amount of bench players. You have a good backup for Joel Embiid now. Whenever he's getting tired in Boban, yeah. and Mike Scott on the Wizards last year, he I remember seeing he shot forty percent from three for the season, so he had shooting. So all all around good uh, additions for the Sixers and the Clippers. They received back from uh, the Sixers a pretty good uh, young player, uh, Landry Shamit. And I think the the picks are the big thing there. They gave up a lot of picks, Philadelphia. They did, which is a little bit which surprising. It shows you how much they're dedicated to winning right now, even though they, they might not be able to because of the whole Golden State thing in the West. But they at least expect to win mm-hmm. the Eastern Conference. I think they're expecting uh, the whole Golden State thing to kind of fall off after this well, year. Well, that's interesting because Tobias Harris is a free agent after this season, mm-hmm. and there's no guarantee that they'll resign him. Although, apparently, there's, like, a behind-closed-doors, like, wink-wink acknowledgement that he's going to re-sign with them, but who knows? People's priorities change. Uh, ESPN gave the Clippers an A grade on this trade and gave Philadelphia a C-. minus. I totally agree with the Clippers getting an A grade on this. I think this is an amazing trade for L.A. And 100%. A very yeah. good move made at the deadline by them for a team that, at the beginning of the season, was a surprise uh, by the way they started off being at the top of the Western Conference. Now falling off the pace a bit, able to build for the future and sell players when they're at their highest value because um, Harris's value was at an all-time high, really, in his career. and mm-hmm. It was good for the Clippers to move him. And they had no intention of keeping him for the future, so yeah. best-case scenario for them, 100%. Uh, let's look at the next trade in the day. The Milwaukee Bucks trade Stanley John- trade for Stanley Johnson from the Detroit Pistons in exchange for Thon Maker. Thon Maker... Uh, very highly touted coming out of college. Mm-hmm. Uh, has never really seemed to get a spot in Milwaukee. Seemed to get frustrated with what was going on there. A little bit and, too raw of a player, I think. Yeah? Yeah. Well, there's, there's also been talk that he was frustrated with the situation. It's just a guy that might need to change the scenery, really, to, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, 
that could be said for like many young players. Sometimes it's all just a, a change of environment. It could spark something in you if you're in a little bit of a rut. So he might be a good addition for Detroit. Thonmaker's huge. He's seven one. Mm-hmm. So what are, are the Detroit Pistons trying to become the anti Lakers right now? I mean, from Drummond to Griffin to now Thonmaker. I mean, they're going with the five big men and, and hoping I that'll mean, counteract it. I mean, I think they got him just to be a backup to Drummond and Griffin, and you know. As of right now, their backup Zaza Pachulia, yeah. so it's a pretty big step up. Start no matter how you look Start at it. Start off five big guys. This could be good for Thonmaker. This change of scenery might be what he needed. He just wasn't getting, you know, the chance in Milwaukee to show what he was. So mm-hmm. this might be good for him. And I don't know much about Stanley Johnson. Do you? Uh, very much a bust, in my opinion. Really? Okay. Like you know, he's a three and D player without the three pointer or the pretty good defense. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe a so change of environment might, will be good yeah, for him, Yeah, change of scene for both of them might have been good. Uh, we talked earlier about that Miami Heat 2021 first-round pick. Now let's talk about the team themselves. They traded away Tyler Johnson and Wayne Ellington in exchange for Ryan Anderson. That trade was with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Tyler Johnson was a player a few years ago in that post-LeBron uh, transition that a lot of people in Miami were very high on. Mm-hmm. Now here we are. He's moved, and it's going to be really interesting to see what Miami's going to do next. Yeah, um, you wouldn't happen to have salary figures, right, for those contracts? Uh, you want Tyler Johnson's? Like, just Johnson and Anderson, because I know the whole thing with Anderson was Houston shipped him to Phoenix in the offseason just to, like, kind of shed uh, salary. Yeah. So they, I know Johnson and Anderson both had awful contracts, and I'm just wondering kind of what the reasoning was for the trade. Uh, I... Like, I can't place it off the top of my head. I, I can't imagine what... Was there any picks... Tyler Johnson signed a four-year, $50 million contract and becomes a free agent after the 2020 season. And is Anderson under contract until, like, 2021 Uh, or 2020? I'm not 100% sure. Give me a second here. I got you. But there's also another player thrown in there, Wayne Ellington. Now, I don't know much about him. Do you know uh, much about Ryan Anderson's 30, by the way. Do you know much about Wayne Ellington? Wayne Ellington was a great piece for Miami last year in the, their playoff run. He actually made one of the highest amount of threes among all players in the league, actually, off the bench. So he's, like, just a shooter. He's not going to, like, play great defense for you, but he'll put up some points for you off the bench every night. Uh, Ryan Anderson's currently in the third year of a four-year $80 million contract. $80 million for Ryan Anderson, John. So he will be a free agent after next season. Ryan Anderson, huh? Yeah. That seems uh, like a big contract for a player I've never really heard of. It's, it's it like makes a, you feel any better. I've never heard of any of these people. Okay. Other than it, like a couple of them. Like Blake Griffin. You see, I and, and he, didn't, he wouldn't even trade it. I just mentioned him earlier. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Well, let me know when, you, when you've and heard Zaza of him. Zaza Pachulia. Yeah, once again, wasn't traded. We just I mentioned know. him. Let, just, me, let me know when you've heard of one of them. Right. You, you see, like, a lot of, like, those no-name players, though, from a few years ago, there was that huge salary cap boom. One of these you might know coming up soon. Oh, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Okay. But when the salary cap boomed, you saw all these role players being paid ludicrous amounts of money and yeah. overpaid. And that's why you see guys like uh, Anderson and... Uh, uh, Tyler Johnson. And Tyler Johnson being paid that amount of money when Trish has no so, idea who the hell so they are. So who wins the trade here? I, it just seems like a, like a swap of two struggling players. I mean... Like, the only benefit I can see It looks is like Miami here is going to start embracing the tank. The somewhat benefit. I, are the Suns going to put Johnson up? Is Johnson a point guard or is he a shooting guard? Because Phoenix needs a point guard. 
Obviously, and uh, you know, Lonzo Ball would like to fulfill that position. Tyler Johnson's a shooting guard. Okay, so Tyler Johnson's also twenty-six years old, I, I whereas Ryan Anderson's thirty. Okay, I guess they got younger. That's it. And speaking of the Tyler Johnson-led Suns, they're currently tied 94-94 in the fourth quarter with the Golden State Warriors. How much Wait, time? Is Tyler Johnson the one that wanted a team built around him? No, that's Devin Booker. Okay. Tyler Johnson, I don't know if you've ever seen him, but Maybe I saw Maybe this is Devin Booker's first step of getting a team around him is Tyler Johnson. Okay. okay. I don't know if you've ever like, seen Tyler Johnson like play, but I've heard a lot of people uh, have a nickname for him down in Miami, and that was uh, Meth Curry. Really? he looks like he's on meth. I mean, he's a white guy in the NBA. He does kind of look like he uh, <laughs> come, uh, came straight out of the trailer park. Though. Let's let's move to the next trade. Uh, the Wizards trade Otto Porter Jr. After saying they weren't going to trade Otto Porter Jr., Bradley Beal, or John Wall. They trade him to Chicago in exchange for Jabari Parker, Bobby Portis, and a 2023 second round pick. Jabari Parker a bust. I mean, he was picked second, and for him to be, like, traded twice now in his career, in his career, it's a little bit much, I, I think. Mean, oh. I remember hearing good things about him when he was coming out of college and everything, and he just never really lived up to the hype that was surrounding him. I mean, who else came He's out only 23. Draft? 23 years old. Yeah, it drafted second overall in 2014 by Milwaukee. But, I mean, look at him. He's torn his ACL twice. Him. He can't play defense. What did you say, Trish? Drafted young. Yeah. One and done from Duke. <laughs> Just saying. But, yeah, tw- two ACL injuries at yeah. only 23 years old. Yeah, it's tough to come back from. And, yeah, I mean, obviously with Chicago, it just wasn't right. The he's, right he's averaging 14 points this year in, in 26 minutes a game. So, you know, that's not terrible, but it's not second overall pick numbers. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe with the Wizards, you know, I, who knows what they're doing with their who, season. Uh, Are they who, shutting down? Who knows if Parker's going to be part of this whole rebuild that might be coming you know well he's a free agent in the off season so yeah. who knows what's going to happen to parker maybe we'll see him jump ship to another team that's desperate i feel like a lot of these players like you can't really judge a player on where they came from so much just because you always see these players who didn't do anything at other teams and then they go into a certain team and their play style and the other players they're playing with make them good like uh Trying to think of his name. Did, well, just one second before we get that. See what happened with the Wizards uh, and John Wall, right? He's going to be out a full year. Mm-hmm. Ruptured his Achilles, tripping in his house. Yeah. I. So, as if the Warriors weren't set back enough, here's another year thrown into it. At least that came before the trade deadline. I thought they would have made a move based off that. Maybe Beal would have been gone or something. But you couldn't trade Wall after that. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, while at the same time, even if he was like, even if he wasn't injured with that Achilles injury that just happened this week, he has the most I think untradeable con- uh, contract yeah, in this league. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, in it hasn't even he uh, was he signed that supermax extension around a, a year ago, but it hasn't even started to kick in yet. Once it starts to kick in by year five of that, his five-year, be... eighty-four million-dollar contract. Mm-hmm. The, f- the fifth year of his Supermax, I believe he's going to be paid $47 million or some insane number like that. And you're going to be paying, I don't even know how old he is right now. I think John Wall is, he, is, is 28. 28. You're going to pay a 34-year-old John you're pretty, Wall? You're pretty spot on with these players' ages, John. I play too much 2K. Right. <laughs> so, uh, winner of that trade, you got one? 
Uh, whenever that trade, I think the Bulls. Yeah, actually. I guess so. I mean, these are both teams who really aren't going anywhere in the next few years. I mean, the Wizards were expecting more, but they're not going to get it with John Wall. John Wall, I don't believe you could build a team around John Wall and win, mm-hmm. like anything big. You, it might get you, you know, a fifth, sixth seed in the playoffs and a first round exit or a second round exit. That's about it. No, I genuinely like this trade for Chicago's side of it though, because I feel like Otto Porter Jr. kind of gets got a bad rep in Washington. You know, stuck behind Wall and Beal. It's not like those aren't ball-dominant yeah. ball players. I think he's going to get a little bit more of an opportunity to shine in Chicago. And he's got a good fit, a good young team. Him with uh, Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, Wendell Carter, and Markkinen. They can make some noise. Mar- and Porter Jr. is going to be there for a few years. He's on a max contract also. Yeah. All right, so let's move to the next trade. Um, this is my first instance where I believe Trish might have actually heard of one of these players. Excited. The Sacramento Kings. It's a three-way trade, three teams. The Sacramento Kings acquired Alec Burks and a second-round pick. The Cleveland Cavaliers acquired Brandon Knight, Marquise Chris, and a 2019 lottery-protected first-round pick. And the Houston Rockets acquired, traded for the second time today, that day, Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin, and also Iman Shumpert. You say Iman Shumpert like I'm supposed to know. I thought you would have known Iman Shumpert. funny name. He was on those Cavs teams that, on the, with with LeBron. Okay. He also played for the Knicks. And He's got really funny hair. Good for him. Remember Iman Shumpert's hair? Oh, man. So, who do you think won this trade, John? Uh, I mean, the Rockets got Iman Shumpert. Anyway. Iman Shumpert's the type of guy, like, you're going to hear from him. Like, you're going to see a game where he, like, goes off and be like, oh, my God, Iman Shumpert's on the Rockets. Because that's the reaction you have when I told you Iman Shumpert was on the Rockets. You went, oh, my God, Iman Shumpert's on the Rockets. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's yeah, his hair. I mean, I had, like, that moment earlier in the season watching the, the Kings. Shumpert was on the Kings originally the, to begin with the season, and he had, like, a game where he had 27 in the first half. I mean, he scored only two more points for the rest of the <laughs> game, mean, but... Know, what more can you ask? Go but I was like, wow, okay, Shumpert turning back the clock a little bit. Since the last update on the Suns-Warriors game, the Suns have scored one point, and the Warriors have scored six or seven. <laughs> How much time's left in that game? Five anyway? minutes. Hey, it's going to be a Warriors win. So I, I think the Rockets are the winner in this trade. Uh, Stauskas and Baldwin, we know, later got moved again. But uh, and the, the Cavs can be seen as winners because they got a 2019 first-round pick, even though it was lottery-protected. So, you know, they're all about acquiring picks right now and hopefully hitting on some of these picks, getting a few star players to be able to build in a few years, which is tough to do because at, usually after everybody's rookie contract, they want to max if you're mm-hmm. a top-15 pick. Exactly. So it gets tough in that sense to be to have to build sustained success. I mean, they're in a pretty good position, Cleveland, as much as they can be after losing LeBron, like not even a few months ago. They have nine for they have nine draft picks compared to the I think one they had in the yeah it, last offseason. It's, it's it's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's move to the next trade. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks acquire Zebo, Zach Randolph, oh and Justin Jackson. Uh, for Harrison Barnes. This is the trade LeBron had a problem with because Harrison Barnes got traded mid-game. Yeah, what's your opinion on that? Do I think, think that's fine. I, I've seen it in the NHL all the time. I think it's fine for a player to get traded mid-game. And, and Harrison Barnes knew about it. Harrison Barnes knew it was coming. I heard And elected that, to sit on the bench in the second half. I heard apparently Paul Pierce was wrong about that and he actually didn't know about it. That's why he had that like shocked expression. Oh. But, well... <laughs> Either way, I still think it's not as big of a deal. You're no, a player. It's all business. Yeah, your your contract can be traded at any time. Mm-hmm. It happened mid-game. If you're not like one of those top 20 players in the league, I don't understand why. And you, you know why it happened mid-game? Because the Mavericks say, okay, we'll make this trade now. Because what happens if 
two minutes after that, he goes out there and tears his ACL. Exactly. You yeah. can't make the trade after the game then, so you pull him and just make the trade now. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. I, I have no problem with that. Like, are, is, are like they supposed to feel like they should have done it after yeah, the game? I, like, well, I don't understand, like, what so, could have been avoided, how that could have like been avoided. they fired that coach mid-game, or GM. Yeah. I've seen NHL teams trade a guy mid-game, and he has to leave the ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, that's no big deal. I, I see no problem with that. And you don't see any NHL players complaining about it. But LeBron has to have his say on everything. So let's look at the next uh, trade. The New Orleans, Pel- New Orleans Pelicans did make a trade. They acquired Markeith Morris and a 2013 second-round pick in exchange for Wesley Johnson from the Washington Wizards. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's anything the Pelicans can do to, to try keep, to keep AD? We talked about this earlier. they got to win every game from here on out and win the championship. <laughs> Even then, I don't know if it would be enough. Really? Yeah. Think a championship he still leaves? Yeah. New what? Orleans sucks. NBA players do not like to play in New Orleans. From Chris Paul to Anthony Davis, nobody likes to play there. Oh, I mean, I feel like winning cures everything. Yeah, they say that, but LeBron still left Cleveland. He didn't win, except he the one time. He won that one time. That's all that mattered. He won that. He went back. He and winning doesn't always cure everything, because look, Kevin Durant might leave. No, Kev- KD's going to leave because he wants to prove he can do it on his own. Or at least not with that super team. So no. He went there to get his championship. He got his championship. Now he's trying to get the fuck out of San Francisco. Durant wants to leave because as much as he wants us to believe that he's above every, above all the noise, he does not like us calling him like a little bitch Dude, all the time. Dude, uh, he is such a crybaby. He is the most sensitive player in the NBA. All NBA players nowadays seem sensitive. Have you seen his fake Instagram where he responds yeah, to I, people? I, That's oh, yeah. so funny. He has a burner account on Instagram and Twitter. He's the most sensitive player in the NBA. And the fact that he was telling Mark Stein, uh, I'm just out here trying to do this the right way. Don't tell me how to do my job. Who the hell is Kevin Durant telling... He also told him to grow up. Telling journalist, <laughs> professional journalist Mark Stein how to do his job after just saying, you can't tell me how to do my job. Uh, Durant, he has a job to do. He writes about the team. And he grow up. Since the, since the NBA is so filled with drama, every NBA writer writes about drama. They don't write about the actual game that's going on, which is sad because that's just how NBA sports coverage is now. Every other sport isn't like that, thank God. The NFL, there's at least not this much. There's drama, but there's not this much drama. I, it, Kevin Durant, I, I feel like he's NBA just a players cry, are you know? just more vocal about their shit. Like, like I feel like there is a lot of drama in the NFL. I feel there's like, drama everywhere you go. I feel just, like a lot of them make their money on their drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's how they get so popular. That's exactly But that's not so, how you should go about gaining your popularity. It should be about your play on the court. Why not? They have fake beat. I, it's like it's like uh, kind of like professional wrestling almost. Yeah, I know. There's those, which is what's so sad about which it. Is, which is funny because John Cena made that comparison when he hosted that uh, sports awards. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, the Epsies. Yeah, yeah. when he called out the Epsies. Epsies. Epsies? Wow. It's all good. Oh, He's drunk. Yes. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we're going to have to suspend you for a whole don't tell Goodell. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, no, but, I, but, uh, sorry, but, but really, like, it, if you look at it, there's always, like, a bad guy in the league. There's always, like... A heel, yeah, exactly. Like, like, exactly. And right now, it's KD. Mm-hmm. KD is, like, everyone's go-to, let's dump on this guy. Because he's really good. He wouldn't be shit if he wasn't good. Like, if he had left OKC and he wasn't their best player at the time... And he was like, I'm going to go to Golden State to win a championship. No one would have cared. Mm-hmm. Everyone would be like, all right, go ahead, have fun. But because he was the best player there, because he is a ridiculously good player in the league, and the fact that he does these things, it pisses everybody off because they don't have him. 
Exactly. Yeah. So he leaves. He goes to he goes to Golden State. I guarantee there's not a single Golden State fan who thinks he's a bitch. I bet you if he'd gone to the Knicks or the 76ers and they had that power team, anyone in Philadelphia or New York wouldn't be calling him a bitch. No. Yeah. They'd be like, Golden oh State. sweet, yeah, he came, he came to uh, came to New York. Good. That's where he should be. Like, wait, what did you say? I'm saying when KD left, the only reason he was like people were upset about it well, was because okay, he was so good. Mm-hmm. So like. And the reason we all like to dump well, on no, him. Well, no, that's not why people were upset. It wasn't because he was so good. It's because he went to it's Golden State being so good. It's because you couldn't beat him, so you joined him. You took the easy road. Exactly. But if he was some mid-level player who was on OKC at the time and said, I'm going to go to Golden State win a championship, no one would have cared. I feel like it would have been better, though, also if he went to Golden State, if they didn't just had lost, blew a 3-1 lead against Golden State in that yeah, final. that was brutal. Yeah, but I'm saying... No one would have talked about it if he wasn't a superstar. I, I hope Kevin Durant goes to the Knicks this offseason because I'd love to see him handle the New York media. I, I would love it. I just He's going to get a, eaten alive. I want to yeah. make a quick point about Durant and just like say something that's been annoying me about him, and I've noticed LeBron even in recent years, is they have a little bit of audacity, I feel, criticizing the media, constantly asking, I know, constantly uh, criticizing them for speculating about free agency. It's their job. What I, my main problem with Durant is, why are you wondering why people are speculating about your contract when you keep signing one-year deals Honestly. and not being open about what you're doing? You know how – that's exactly how you could end this whole being sensitive thing and end this whole media mm-hmm. silence. Just say I'm coming back to Golden State next year. Exactly. Like, he is right, in a rare position. but if he position. says he wants to go to another team, isn't that technically tampering since he's not a free agent yet? Well, it's no, you not don't say tampering. That. It's just everybody on his team would be pissed off at him. Like mm-hmm. Draymond Green was earlier in the season. Yeah. So it's, that's that's really what he's trying to avoid. He's not trying to be the you know, the the private bile in his team. He doesn't want to get you know, a bunch of soap socks and have them beat the shit out of him because they don't like him. Draymond anymore. Green don't need soap socks. No, all right. You, you understand the <laughs> Draymond the Green kick him in the junk. I understand making. the comparison. Like, Draymond Green so, kick him in the junk. Okay, but like he's just trying to make it so his his last year with his team, if he's going to leave this team, is civil. So that when he goes on, you know, to do wherever, wherever else he goes, he can just be like, all right, we had a good last season. See you later, boys. Yeah. Like, if he doesn't want to talk to certain players, he doesn't have to. Oh, we still got some trades to look at here. Uh, let's oh, move. The last one we did was the Pelicans trade. Somehow we got to here. Mm-hmm. So we got the Philadelphia 76ers acquiring James Ennis in exchange for a future second-round swap rights from the Houston Rockets. This is just a depth move, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's a bench uh, bench shooter, you know. Yeah, th- these are the type of players you need, except for Golden State. These are the type of players you need to uh, make runs of championships. You need those depth role players. And you, that's what James Ennis yeah. is. It's, Way of the game now. He's that you Richard Jefferson type player on the Cavs yeah. that one year. You just need wings. Exactly. Exactly. So let's move on to the next trade. The Memphis Grizzlies acquire Avery Bradley from the Clippers in exchange for Jamichael Green and Garrett Temple. Avery Bradley's decent. Uh, I would say he's decent. He's kind of fallen off a bit from his Celtic years. I don't know if you remember like seeing him, Isaiah Thomas, together on those That's what. Teams. That's where I remember him from, really. Yeah, Detroit. Uh, when he was on Detroit last year, he had up and down. He's only, averaging eight, points a, he's only averaging eight points a game this season. Yeah. So. His defense there from time to time. Offense, more or less, he's yeah. kind of fallen off. But, he, you know, he can so always bounce it, back. This is just the Grizzlies, you know, trying to acquire – some more future, I guess. Uh, how old's Jermichael Green? How old's Garrett Temple? Do you know? 
That one I wouldn't know. Jermichael Green's 28, so that's not really future. And Garrett Temple's 32, so I have no idea what this trade was for. I feel like a lot... You see like a lot of those tiny trades scattered throughout the day. A lot of people are just trying to move around yeah. and try and get under the luxury cap. The yeah, the log, the, getting under the luxury tax is a huge move mm-hmm, in definitely. today's NBA. I'm trying to remember what teams in particular got under the tax, because I remember like a few moves were specifically to do that. I think Houston actually might underne- be underneath it now with that uh, Brandon Knight trade. They might be. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, John, uh, I want you to... I don't, I've never heard of these players, but I want you to make a uh, rapid-fire assumption on who wins this trade. The Portland tra- Trailblazers get Skull, uh, Labissere, and the Sacramento Kings acquire Caleb Swanigan. Who wins the trade? Uh, the Kings got Swanigan? Yeah. Okay, the... Blazers win then because they got Labizier, right? Yeah, yeah. He was like a first round pick two years ago. That's still a win. I don't know who Swanigan is. <laughs> oh, John, you don't know who Caleb is. Well, Labizier is only twenty two. First round pick from Phoenix. He's like actually he played for Kentucky before he was drafted. He had a horrible kind of college season. Okay, rookie year. He's like uh, Caleb Swanigan is also a first pick. round pick. Oh wait, Caleb what? Swanigan is younger than Labizier. Wait, how old is he? La- Swanigan's 21, Lobby Sayre's 22. Uh, it doesn't say a lot of, like when they were picked, does it? Because all I know is Labizier was like a late lottery pick, like 9, I think. And Lobby Sayre was 28th. Oh, he was. Swanigan was 26, John. These are the same player. Oh, okay. So <laughs> it, it's pretty much a swap then. Yeah. Let's move on to the next one. Um, the Brooklyn Nets acquire Greg Monroe in a second-round pick, and the Toronto Raptors uh, get cash considerations. Is this was this just a dump for the Raptors? Exactly, a dump. Trying There's, to fit that contract of Marcus Stoll coming in. Uh, well, did you actually see what? Well, we'll get to this more with the Marcus Stoll trade, but they shouldn't have to worry about the contract because he waived his uh, trade filler, yeah. the trade kicker. I mean, so they actually saved money trading for Gasol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, Brooklyn gets Greg Monroe. Greg Monroe was a good, solid player. Uh, Brooklyn got Greg Monroe, right? Yeah. You think Brooklyn's moving for a championship this year? They're moving for at least a playoff appearance. It's going to be tough with, uh, you know, the East. The, the Sixers now having the best starting lineup in the East. Mm-hmm. And, but they did get uh, Levert back tonight. Is that they got back? Yeah, Levert yeah. came back. And that w- that might have been their, the only acquisition they needed to really make some kind of push here at the top five mm-hmm. seeds in the East. So. Well, I mean, the East is way easier than the West right now. People, like it, the power might have just ch- I, the Warriors are the top team. Don't get me wrong, but you know the the top four teams in the East. Nobody wants to play them. Yeah, I'd say top. Nobody five. wants to see Kyrie Irving, and then you have to play Kawhi, and then you have to play Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, and then you have to play Giannis. That's Man, tough. I w- Did you see Giannis accuse uh, LeBron of tampering? Because yeah, he when he drafted AD. Anthony Davis in the uh, <laughs> All Star Game hysterical. draft. Dude, I wish Oladipo was healthy because that would make the East even more of a yeah, bloodbath. No. The, the one through five seed would be insane. Uh, next trade, the Indiana Pacers receive Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin and a second-round pick, and Houston gets the rights to Marty Lunenin. Lunen. Um, I guess he's like a European guy. Yeah, he's got to be because yeah. it says the rights to uh, Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin, after being traded for the third time that day, were then waived by the Pacers. So they, they're not on a team anymore? Nope. No, they had a rough day yesterday. Yeah, they just got traded three times and then waved. Do you think they so like, now they have to try to find somewhere to go. Yep. Let me Poor ask guys. you this. Do you think they had to pack a bag more than once? Or? No. no. <laughs> the, the other team probably bag. called them for him and said, we're looking to move you. 
uh, if, if we don't move you, move you, we'll call you. <laughs> and then moved him. <laughs> so, like, what do you think Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin were doing together? You think they were just, like, in the same room? They are like, okay, Man, we're going to go here. Fuck. I think fuck. they had the same agent. They were just in their agent's we office. The agent kept coming in. Game. All right, good news. You're now not on this team. You're on this team. Goes away. Comes back in. All right, all right. So you got moved from that team. Now you're on this team. And then he leaves. And then he comes back. And he's like, all right, you're not on the team anymore. Goodbye. <laughs> the next <laughs> trade. A three-way trade. Memphis Grizzlies acquire Tyler Dorsey. The Atlanta Hawks get... Shelvin Mack and Jabari Bird and the Boston Celtics get a project a protected second round pick. Again, this is one of those you're just, just it's moving just, players it's, for the hell of moving players. Yeah, salary pieces. It's yeah. just a bunch of cap. Jabari okay. Bird was like a second rounder from the Celtics a year ago. If uh, that's... This next trade would have been a huge trade, maybe the biggest of the day, if it weren't for the whole thing that went down with Mark Gasol. The Orlando Magic receive Markel Fultz, and the Philadelphia 76ers acquire Jonathan Simmons, uh, Oklahoma City's first-round pick, and a second-round pick. This is what I've been waiting for all night. Because now my boy Shake Milton has the opportunity to rise up and take the minutes he was meant to get. We haven't done a Milkshake Minute in a while. We're doing one next week, though. We're going to get back to that. How about right now? Milkshake is ready. You said I wouldn't know any names. I know Markel Fultz. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I forgot. You know Markel Fultz. Yeah, come on. Uh, yeah. Markel Fultz, one of those pl- people who just needed a change in scenery, it looks like. And he didn't fit in on this new starting lineup. And oh, 100%. There was no room for him there. I feel like, as of right now, Philly's committed. They're all in now. Like it or not, they've committed to trying to compete for a championship in the next few years while they still have Ben Simmons on that rookie contract. And so Fultz was just not the right fit, and so they moved him, which yeah. I think is a good move. All right, back by popular demand. It is now time for the fastest minute in sports. It is time for the Milk Shake Minute. Yep. Here are the stats. Here's Shake Milton's game logs. When was the last time we did this? All right, well, if we go back to the 11th. Yeah, the last one we did was the 9th against Washington where he played. He got two points. Yeah. Okay. He's played two games since then. Oh. Uh, a game against Denver where he got 11 points hey. in 20 minutes, and a game against Sacramento on Saturday where he got six points in 20 minutes. That 11-point game, though, double yeah, digits. I mean, uh, here are his stats on the season. He's digits. averaging 9.7 minutes per game, 43% field goal percentage. Uh, he averages 0.8 made threes per game on 1.9 attempts. Three-point percentage is at 40%. Free throws made 0.3 a game as uh, to 0.4 attempts. 80% free throw percentage, not too bad. That's pretty good. 0.5 offensive rebounds, one defensive rebound per game, 1.5 rebounds per game, one assist per game, 0.2 blocks per game, 0.3 steals per game, and then he's averaging 4.2 points per game this season. Yeah, he's not he's not getting enough minutes. Well, it's tough now that they got Tobias Harris and everybody else. <laughs> yeah, but I'm yeah, just but saying he could be he could be great. I mean, yeah. But he's just not getting the Watch out for him next year. Yeah. Without Fultz and that guy Landry Shamit there, Shake's waiting in the corner. Let's put him in, Coach. So, uh, who do we consider? Mm-hmm. This is a good trade for both teams. Um, you know, San Francisco got rid of the frustrated Markel Fultz and was able to get a first-round pick for it. Uh, even Jonathan Simmons, too. Mm-hmm. And then Orlando gets another piece to their young core, and Mark- Markel Fultz are hoping that he will yeah. get back to form that he was in before the NBA draft yeah. and uh, be able to perform there. I mean... It's uh like it's the move the Sixers had to make now because his value is pretty much tanked uh to an all time low faults and I don't think he was gonna ever bring it back up. So it just had to be done as soon as possible, rip that band aid off. Yeah. 
but I, on the other hand, I really do like the trade for Orlando Fultz. Although he's had a rough year and a half since he was drafted, he still was a number one pick less than a year ago, and he's only 20 years old. You gotta think that there's at least that potential to become the player he was at the University of Washington still in there. Maybe it's just a change of scenery, who knows? Yeah. Uh, he is still undergoing uh, rehab for his uh, TOS, thoracic mm-hmm. uh, outlet syndrome. So, good thoracic. luck to... Thoracic. 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 Yeah, I remember that. Episode yeah. three or four. It's been a while. <laughs> uh, yes, but still, thoracic. Exactly, yeah. Can't get around thoracic. The thoracic, next yeah. trade that was made is the L.A. Clippers acquire Michael Beasley and uh, Ivaka Zubak. How many more are there? Two more after this in exchange for Mike Muscala. John, what do you what do you think here? It was kind of a stupid trade. You asked me from LA's perspective, trade you, uh, trade youth for an older center who's kind of washed and kind of shoots the three. But I feel like they kind of just did it to get rid of Mike Beasley because I don't know if you saw that thing where he tried to fight Luke Walton the yeah. other night. Probably was just a move, uh, get LeBron move, another shooter, yeah, move a, uh, get rid of a toxic a play, lot teammate. Yeah. So, and then this one here is just extended details on the Thon Maker trade. The Bucks got Nikola, uh, Nikola Miritich. The Pelicans end up with Jason Smith, Stanley Johnson, Denver's 2019 second-round pick, Washington's 2020 and 2021 second-round picks, Milwaukee's 2020, and Milwaukee's 2020 second-round pick, and then the Pistons got Thon Maker. See, now this is where my hot take at the beginning of this podcast where I said the Bucks could make a run for the finals. This is where it comes in. Banging this on Nikola, Nikola Miritich? No, I'm just saying this because I feel like he is the perfect fit for that Milwaukee okay. system. Okay. Their, their starting lineup now, it's going to be brought like Bledsoe, Chris Middleton, Giannis, Miritich, and Brooke Lopez. Everyone except Giannis could at least passably shoot the three. They're going five out. They're going to have everyone camped at the three-point line. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um. Well, let's... Look at the biggest trade of the day. After all these trades went down, it seemed that Toronto and Boston were the teams that were pressured to most uh, most in the East to now make a trade. Mm-hmm. After the Sixers acquired um, Harris and the Bucks acquired Miritich. So they did. They ended up acquiring all-star Mark Gasol in exchange for Jonas Valanciunas, uh, Dellen Wright, C.J. Miles, and a 2024 second-round pick. I think that's just based on what they had to give up. That's a pretty good haul for Toronto. It's an all-in move, obviously, because Gasol, he's not exactly in the prime of his career. He's, no, but, he, uh, but he, still has a, he still has a very big impact mm-hmm. on the game when he's at his best. You definitely saw can see him make being a huge factor in a playoff series against uh, the elite big men in the East, like Al Horford and Joel Embiid. So this is a very much win-now move for Toronto. Gasol's sure. averaging 15 points this season, 8 rebounds, and a block a game. I'm not sure how he's going to fit in with their fast-paced offense. I know he's a little bit on the slow side. You Maybe... still need that big man, though, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like the impact he's going to have on their defense is only going to improve. It's only going to improve their defense. And we talk about some of these second-round picks having an effect later on in their career. Uh, Marcus Saul was drafted 48th overall by the L.A. Lakers in 2007. Mm-hmm. Look at the career he's had. And Jokic was a second-round pick. So, uh, Raptors winners in that trade? I like Valanciunas, but I like Gasol more than Valanciunas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the Grizzlies didn't get an awful like haul from it, but they own, the Raptors didn't really have to give up too much. They gave a bench piece in CJ Miles, who's you know a shooter. Valanciunas, he's uh, he's not exactly young. I want to say he's like late twenties, twenty seven, something like that. 
it's more or less I feel like the Grizzlies had like a kind of understanding with Gasol. I want to move on from this organization, and so they just sent him to a contender. Yeah, he he wants to win a championship, and that was not happening in Memphis. Even though they did have a, a surprising start earlier in the season, they mm-hmm. just fallen off the pace. They're now second to last in the Western Conference. Yeah. So that's going to conclude our NBA trade deadline coverage. Um, I'm excited. We'll do a, an episode uh, next month about uh, when we're around the NHL trade deadline. That happens on February 25th. A few trades in the NHL already happened. Brian Boyle gets traded to Nashville from New Jersey. Uh, also, Cody McLeod traded from the Rangers to Nashville. Nashville acquiring some size, looking to get bigger for the playoffs and having some of that playoff experience here. And then earlier today, uh, Arizona traded for uh, Emil Pedersen from Nashville in exchange for Adam Hel- 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 and Laron uh, Dolphin. So, not huge trades, but there will be some coming down the line, I'm sure, in February as teams look to make moves to become a Stanley Cup contender. Now we're going to... The football, the NFL season ended on Sunday. Yeah, but the football mm-hmm. season is still gone. Our picks were bad. We're very wrong. We were very bad in the playoffs. Uh, I'm not sure who won. Tom, could you go get me the sheet? I believe it's in the other room. So we're going to take a look at that, but we're also picking for the newest football league kicking off tomorrow. The Alliance of American Football. We are huge fans of the Alliance of American Football here. Can we talk about this league a little bit before we make our picks? I just want to talk about... I looked it up. Uh, it's actually quite interesting. And uh, I don't know if you said it during the episode or if we were just talking before, but you said that they didn't want to be a development league or thought yeah, they, of that. Yeah, they want to be considered a professional league. It, it says that right here in this article that they are kind of a development league. They said... Uh, if you're leaving, you know, uh, the big show and you want to – if players – if you're a player who wants to play in the NFL, another league comes along, you look at that league as an opportunity to show your skills off and get back in the big show. Because the problem is if uh, they screw the game up, which a lot of these leagues do, uh, a lot of these people do when they go into these other leagues because, like, you go into the CFL or any other league like that, the rules are so different from that's, the NFL. That's what this league is hoping for. They're hoping to be an alternative to the CFL. Now, there are going to be different rules, but not completely different than it's going to I'm just saying, really like, so what they're saying is they want to be, they want to look like the NFL more than the CFL does so that these players can come to this league and show the NFL, look, I'm still good. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not bad. Yeah, I can still play. Uh, yeah. that, that's so the point of this. They're, they're accepting the fact that, uh, you know, they're not going to be... Kind of like you know, they don't want to be like like a minor league. Yeah, they're system. not a minor league system. They don't want to be controlled by the NFL, but they also accept the fact that they're not going to be as popular as the NFL. So, like, some of the rule changes that they're. I got a whole list here. We'll get into that in a second. I have a couple. I have a list too. Oh, okay. I just want to talk. Trish, about, coming prepared. I want to talk about these couple of rule changes that are really weird. So there's no extra points in this league. Yep, I got that here. Yeah. Uh, there. After a touchdown, you only have the choice of trying to do a two-point conversion. Yeah, that, that's that's an interesting. I like that. I like uh, that I, too. I like that. So you, uh, so basically, right after you score a touchdown, you can try for the two-point. If you don't get it, this 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 league is very heavily uh, heavily like all that experimental stuff the NFL is too afraid to do. Touchdown favored though. Yes, yeah. they don't like field goals. So we go on from there. After a touchdown, there is no kickoff. They want to try to keep the concussions low. Yep. 
So every Which team, because th- that play is considered the most dangerous play in football. Yeah. So this makes sense. You've seen people get paralyzed in that on the kickoff. They're taking it out of the game. They're just putting it right on the twenty-five. They're saying basically every kick is, you know, in the end zone. It's a touchback. You're going up to the twenty-five. Continuing, uh, there are no onside kicks because there is no kickoff. So the option there is if you're down by more than seventeen points or there is less than five minutes left in the game. You start, you can attempt a 4th and 12 play. So basically you start on your own 28. So if you decide to do this, you're giving the other team very good field advantage if you don't get it. You start on your own 28, you have to get 12 yards in one play. So you have to be very sure. I think this is very interesting. I like it a lot. Um, oh, also, if there's less than five minutes left in the game, you can do this too. This this play, you said that. And this play oh, okay. can also can be done after safety as well. Okay, yeah. So it's it's really interesting because it's I don't think it's less likely than an onside kick. I feel like this is this is so much better than an onside kick because you have more of a it's more on the offense to prove that they can get it. Like you, you deserve to yeah. play. So once you get that first down, then it's just on from there. So you're basically on the uh, the forty now. Some other rules that will uh, be different than the NFL. There's going to be a running clock, except for within two minutes. Yeah. So the game will move fast. There will be no TV timeouts, unlike in football. Mm-hmm. Um, you said no kickoffs. The play clock will be 35 seconds instead of 40 in the NFL. Yep. Uh, two coaches' challenges per team are only on replays. No challenges in the last two minutes of either half, mm-hmm. nor in the overtime period. That's basically the same as the NFL uses. Um, I think a really outside interesting... only outside organizations are handling concussions sa- head safety protocols, yeah. which I think is good that the league has no affiliation with that. Exactly, because so that, there can't be know, any kind of favoritism toward it or yeah, anything. You can't be like, oh, I like this player. I want him to, you know, keep playing because this team needs him. Or whatever. In the event of a tie at the end of regulation, a single overtime period will be played under the high school football rules of the Kansas playoff. I find this one interesting. So each, basically, what yep. it says is each uh, team starts first in goal on the 10, and they're not allowed to kick a field goal. Yeah. So that means they have to get 10 yards, get in the end zone, or they lose. So once one team tries, the other team has a chance. It's very heavily offense and defense in this league. It's going to be big seeing that, you know, overtime game is going to be fun because they're basically making it so it's going to end in a touchdown. No one's going to lose by three points. Uh, unless it doesn't go to overtime. Another rule not. is defenses will be forbidden from advancing more than five players on or across the line of scrimmage, and no defensive player can cross the line of scrimmage for more than two yards outside of the offensive tackles. This is an illegal defensive play and will be resulting in a 15-yard penalty. Yeah, so, so basically that takes out any kind of six-man blitz, seven-man blitz, but it's going to give the defense a real opportunity to pick off the ball. This could mm-hmm. be a really ex- – we can see some really exciting plays here. We might see the long ball. We might see a lot of interceptions return for touchdowns. It's going to be really interesting to see how – America never really takes to this kind of because this has happened before. I've seen it with the USFL, yeah. seen it with the XFL before. Yep. But there's some very intelligent heads leading this. Dick Ebersol's leading this. Bill Polian is the co-founder and head of uh, head of football operations. I think that former players Troy Polamalu, Justin Tuck, Jaron Allen, Heinz Ward—they're all a part of this. Yeah. And hoping to make this product not only just good football, which is what other leagues were lacking. But also a good product for people watching on television, which, yeah, is, which basically is what's important. They're going to make it entertaining. Yeah. It's going to be very heavily def- uh, defense and off. Like the offense is going to be very heavily favored. The pass is going to be a very heavily favored uh, play with the way this defense is styled. And I think one of the most interesting rule changes that they have is the officiating crew. 
there is going to be nine officials. Yeah. One of the officials. As opposed is, to the uh, NFL seven on right. the field. So in, so there's eight on the field. Mm-hmm. And then there's one who's called the Sky Judge. That's what I'm reading right he now. He will review from a box, the press box, up at the top of the stadium. He's going to be able to overturn or any, change any, any pen, call. Yeah. Any call on the field. He can go, no, that's not right. So basically, what happened in St. Uh, why am I going to say St. Louis? Saints Rams. <laughs> yes, what happens in the Saints Rams game will most likely not happen yeah. in this sport because you have that extra official to be completely out of the game, watching it from above, have every camera angle imaginable on the screen in front of him, and he'll be able to say, no, that was... He, he can make a call from up there, and he can overturn any call made on the field. Uh, one other... that The eighth... That's the ninth official. The eighth yes. official is going to be the ball-spotting official whose only job is to spot the ball so the play yeah. moves faster. So I feel like Which this is, is important with a running clock. Yeah. Now, it, we, see, we see these uh, NFL... Copycats try to start their own. They usually last league. about five or Two, th- six three or years. four years. Three if, or four years, give or take. Yeah. Four? Okay. So, and and when that team does, when that league does fold, we usually see the NFL take something away from it. Like when the XFL folded, they took away that sky spider cam. Yeah. Is there anything here you see that the NFL could really take away from the AAF? Oh, definitely the officiating. I think th- that's exactly that. what I think. I think the officiating would be a huge takeaway for. I think the, the NFL. NFL I think the NFL is going to watch this very closely. I think they're going to see how fans react to that faster-paced game. So they might want that ball spotter in their in their court over to, there. To make up the uh, prices for television commercials, uh, there will be 60% fewer full-screen commercials. And the league uh, is aiming for an approximate real-time length of 150 minutes, down from 180 minutes in the NFL. The AF claims they're going to charge more money for the remaining commercial slots. So, and, and that uh, is also alluding to product placement opportunities that do not interrupt the telecast. Like, you know when you see that somebody called timeout and they do the little box and they have the ad? You're going to see more of that. And the NFL has been going that way in recent years. And I think that's better because, you know, you're not, you're not stopping the game. You're not slowing the game down. I think a lot of these leagues have it bad where they stop. It makes the game take so much longer when you go to a live event. I think this league is looking to make the live it's football about speed. feel as much... Feel as fun as watching at home because you see these teams like pretty much every LA team right now is not getting anybody out to watch them because one football. I I know so many people who say why would I go to a game when I could just sit on my couch and have the, the best the better, seat in the house. Yeah, the better view is always on TV. So you need to make it competitive. Basketball does this well. Hockey does this well. They have it. It's very fast paced. There's a lot of Moving the, the around. Game doesn't, it doesn't give the viewer the opportunity to turn the channel. Exactly. So, But with football, once, you know, oh, we're going to commercial. Okay, well, it's going to be two minutes before it comes back on. Let me just turn on another game and see what's going on over there. So when you're at the game and you're sitting there in your seat, you can't do anything. You're just sitting there for two minutes watching these, oh, oh, commercial breaks. And so I'm just going to sit here and do nothing. What this league is trying to do is avoid that. They're trying to make it go, look, come to the games. It's going to be the same as when you're at home, except the energy is going to be higher. Yeah. So There's not going to be stops. Exactly. And I think with that ninth official up in the sky, that could be something huge for the NFL because now there's someone, instead of like watching every play challenging times, or yeah. only certain calls are allowed to be challenged by the, you know, by the uh, main office, now there's one guy who's like, okay, 
that didn't look right. I'm calling a penalty. And he just has to call down and be like, all right, there's a penalty here that you all missed. Because when you're on the field, you miss a lot. You're watching certain things. You're trying to see everything, but human error is inevitable. If you have a man up in a box and he's watching the whole game, like, yeah, he's going to miss some stuff, but he's not going to miss nearly as much. Yeah. And those calls where we need to go to review, well, there's no review. It's just we need to go to the guy up in the box. Hey, what did you see? And he can go, yeah, I agree with your call, or no, I don't, and there's no penalty. It, it'll, it'll make the game much, like we said, faster. Yeah. Like it's not going to be, oh, five minutes for the, too, yeah. for the officials to decide whether that was a penalty or not, and I think that's going to be great. I think this league really has potential to, I don't want to say rival the NFL because I don't think I don't it will, think but I think the NFL will that. be able to take a lot of stuff from this when it's all said and done. Yeah, and I mean, because you got what's the lifespan on a league like this? Seriously, I don't believe this is going to be a league you see last a hundred years like the NFL. No, I don't think a hundred years, but, but I, I think, think this 15, could last. 20 years is reasonable, especially if the NFL takes them on as some kind of summer league. Then, because the NFL did experiment with a summer league in West Virginia over last off season. Mm-hmm. If they'd taken more of a league like this where teams have some kind of agreement with teams in the AAF, I think this as, could be huge. I think as long as when they it comes to player stay in the summer and they don't try to rival yeah, the putting, NFL putting like it the USFL the fall would be a mistake. did. Yeah. Cuz that was what killed the USFL when they went to Yeah, you got to go up against the biggest yeah, sports company in the world that's not going to work right away. But if they can keep it in the off season, keep it fun and keep it interesting. Like, right now, they have a lot of old guys in this league. A lot of uh, people who were in the Hackenberg, league. Hackenberg, uh, yeah. Trent Richardson, Big Josh names, Johnson, though. Like, few. Michael Vick is... is an offensive coordinator for Atlanta. Yeah, he's not playing, but he is involved. So, you know, you're going to draw a crowd with these older names. You're going to draw the older folks who liked watching them play back in the day. You said Troy Polamalu. Yeah. I know my great-grandfather and, like, everyone in my family loves Troy Polamalu. Also, some big coaches. They got... Um, Kevin Coyle, Tim Lewis, Mike Singletary, former coach of the San Francisco 49ers, mm-hmm. Steve Spurrier, a very accomplished uh, former college coach, uh, Rick Neuheisel, Dennis Erickson, Mike Riley, and Mike Martz. So these are names that have been around football for a long time. Yeah, you could see you. I could see this league becoming a popular league. I could see it because like you know, some sort of just alternative to what we yeah, we're used cause to. Because right now in America, at least, all we have is the NFL. Now you go to Canada, they have the CFF. CFL and the NFL. I think this could be like Canada's CFL because I know the CFL up there isn't like they they still love the NFL. They, up yeah, there. and they get into the CFL around like playoff time, but it really yeah. depends on whether or not you have a team in your area. Exactly. So I think this could be the same kind of thing that Canada has with their CFL. It, like it's not the NFL, obviously, and no one's saying it's going to be. But the fact that they're willing to try these things, and I think if they listen to the fans and the players a little more than the NFL does currently, yeah then this could turn into something great because we'll see them make rule changes based on how the fans and the players feel. Because if the players are saying, okay, this rule's a little stupid, like, yeah, you're trying to be safe or whatever, but, you know, the whole uh, with roughing the quarterback now, it's if you touch him at all, like, it's basically roughing the quarterback right away. So it makes the game slower because you're going to be calling these plays and then the team can challenge it and yeah. be like, that's bullshit. So, you know, we could, we could see... A lot of things change. I think they're making it safer. They're trying to keep it like, trying to basically get the moms back into football. Like if we can, if they can show, look, we have less injuries because of this. I think we could even see a change in the, the how the younger kids play. Yeah. Like they'll start taking away the kickoff out of the little league teams, and they'll start taking away like you know, 
they'll, they'll start kind of copying this because it's it's safer. To I do. just we got we got to wrap up our coverage on this before we start okay. picking games. Uh, I All just right. want to add one more major point. The NFL, uh, that it, sorry, the AAF is in eight cities that the NFL is not. Yeah, is in seven cities that the NFL is not. Out of the eight cities they're located in, the only one where they're located where there is an NFL team is Atlanta. They're in Memphis, uh, Memphis, Tennessee, Birmingham, Alabama, Orlando, Florida, Tempe, Arizona, Salt Lake City, Utah, San Antonio, Texas, and San Diego, California. I think that San Diego is a starved NFL city. Yeah. So or a football city. So this might have this. They might get a huge draw there. They probably will. I think that uh, you know this is a good start, but I think next year if this goes well, we could see an expansion. To I think that they need to get a team in New York. Yeah, if I think they, they want to last. Because if you get a team in the Meadowlands, think of a major city that doesn't have a St. Louis. Yeah. A St. Louis, Louis, maybe a Toronto. Yeah, oh, that would be interesting. That'd be get an Canada interesting involved. Because I'm just saying, you know, it. Most sports that are popular nowadays, they have a New York team because New York is a great sports city. Like New York fans are dedicated fans. You you don't you know like if you call a Jets fan a Giants fan they're gonna get pissed off yeah and the Jets suck so I granted right now the Giants suck but even if you had done it back when the Giants were in the Super Bowl Jets fans yeah. some Jets fans still didn't root for them because they're that dedicated to their team Mets fans are the same way the same with the Yankees and the Giants so it, you know and you look at Ranger fans Islander fans the Islander fans don't leave the island <laughs> like so if you could get a team in New York. Anywhere. Well, the Islanders York. fans don't leave the island unless they're coming to the Devils games. There was a very that's large true. presence at the Devil Islander game last night. But that's just because we're dirt cheap. Let's. Uh, we got my brother here. He's going to be up. our resident AAF expert because he's been in on this league since they announced it. Uh, he's got rankings set up, and everything. So he's the only one who's actually done research on this. And we're gonna. I'm gonna watch the Sunday games. Uh, we got a poker game tomorrow night, Trish. I don't know about the Saturday games. We could probably turn it on your computer and yeah, just watch, just them watch play. it. So, uh, the first game of the weekend is the San Diego Fleet versus the San Antonio Commodores. Uh, Tom, I want you to give me the rankings for each team. San Diego is ranked seventh, and San Antonio is ranked third. With that being said, uh, Trish, who do you got? Okay, I just need to hear those names again. The San Diego Fleet and the San Antonio Commodores. Commanders, Ooh. Commanders, not Commodores. Cam- commanders, yeah. Uh, those are both really cool names. Um, I think I'm going to go with San Diego. Score? And we, oh. th- we've we done no research, and we're not picking scores. All. Yeah. Uh, 21-14. 21, there's no field goals. There's oh, no extra points. That's right. Oh. 24-16. <laughs> Not 16, 15, wouldn't it be? No, it would be 16, 2, 8, be, 16. Okay, yeah, 16. 24, 16. So San Diego. Yeah. Uh, John, who do you got? Yeah, I'm going to have uh, yeah, makes the, San Antonio. Makes scoring hard, no extra point. Got a score? Uh, I'm going to say... I'm going to go 32 to 24. And Tom, I want you to tell me who you got and why you have them at those rankings. I got San Antonio beating the San Diego Fleet mostly because they're in San Antonio. And also, San Diego doesn't really have a quarterback to fall on. Josh Johnson isn't there anymore. And that's why I picked the Commanders. What's the score? 24-16. Wow, just copying my score, Tom. Wow. Uh, If I may ask, Tom, like what... 
do you know a lot of the players on these teams, or are they kind of unknown? You know, whatever. Well, some of them have made appearances in the NFL, but other than that, most are kind of just no names. Okay. Did you look up any of their college records or anything like that? Uh, I only looked at one team. I think it was the probably Atlanta. Yeah, I think that's my team. I know it is. It's probably Tom's team too. No, it was. Tom, it was. I looked at the Arizona Hot Shots. They have two quarterbacks coming in. I looked up uh, some of their college stats. One had only like a fifty-six point seven percent completion, and he's looking to be starter. What? He's looking to be starter. Okay. So, I am picking San Diego, and I am picking them to win forty-eight forty-two. You okay? Oh. You think it's gonna be a shootout? Yeah. Whoa. So. Tony's looking at this offense-favored league and saying the offense is going to just wipe the floor with the defense because they have a lot of restrictions on how they can get in. That's right. Okay. Uh, the next game, Saturday, 8 o'clock, CBS, is uh, all right. All right. the Atlanta Legends taking on the team, I believe, with the best name in the whole league, the Orlando Apollos. <laughs> Tom, what are the rankings for these two teams? Uh the Atlanta Legends are ranked fifth, and Orlando Apollos are ranked second. And Michael Vick is the offensive coordinator for Atlanta. So Trish, oh, and also last, with the games, the last two games, Kyle has San Antonio thirty-four twenty-four, and Zach has San Diego seventeen fourteen. Okay. So, Trish, who do you got in Atlanta versus Orlando, and your score? I think Atlanta, just because I know Michael Vick knows offense well, and I think he's going to train this offense to. As long as he has a quarterback who played like he does, or he did, uh, I think he could really do well in this league. I don't know a lot about either team, obviously. Um, But just the name Michael Vick gives me confidence in Atlanta. So I'm going to say Atlanta 48 (laughs) to... This could be a fun league. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 48 to... 36. 48 to 36? Yeah. Is okay. that possible in this Yeah, league? sure. Why not? Know. Anything's possible. John, who do you got? What's the score? Uh, it's Atlanta well, versus Orlando. I'm going to say Atlanta just because I like the sound of Michael Vick, offensive coordinator. So do I. That's what I'm saying. Score? I kind of like the idea of what you said. It's going to be uh, 48 to 42. I'm taking Atlanta. So far, Kyle... Kyle took Atlanta 21-0, and Zach took Atlanta 28-20. Can it be 21? Yeah, there is a way. Yeah, but it's a really fucked way. Uh, touchdown, two-point conversion. Right. Touchdown, two-point conversion. Right. Safety field goal. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I know. So I'm taking Atlanta, and I'm taking them 27 okay. to 14. Okay. 27 is also a fucked score. Well, no, that's just three That's just three touchdowns, three two-point conversions, and a field goal. Okay. And, Tom, who do you got, and what's the score? I got Atlanta Legends winning 32-30. 32-30, close game coming out to the wire here. Everybody has picked Atlanta. You know what <laughs> that means. A 32-30, you said, Tom, right? Although, Tom did rank Orlando above Atlanta, so. Yeah. Uh, let's look at Sunday's games. Four o'clock on the CBS Sports Network. Yeah, we, right. we have the Memphis Express taking on the Birmingham Iron. And Tom, what are the rankings for these teams? Memphis is ranked eighth, and Birmingham is ranked sixth. 
So, two of the. Can I just say I love these fucking names? I know, right? (laughs) Birmingham Iron. That's so cool. So Trish, who, uh, so Zach is taking Memphis seventeen ten, and Kyle's taking Birmingham forty two to fourteen. I think these are both very starved football states that do not have enough representation. Alabama loves their college team, and the yeah. only reason they love their college team so much is because they don't have an NFL team. Explain to me why Tennessee's starved. Oh, I'm sorry, the Titans, but they're horrible. <laughs> they're really bad. So Come who on. do you have, and why? All right. Or just uh, who do you have? And give me a score. There is the, no. I'm gonna give the no Birmingham name. Iron, because, god damn, that's a cool name. And uh, Trent Richardson's on the Birmingham Iron. Am I right? So is Emba Atatawa. Emba Atatawa, former New York Giant. Awesome. I said he, I said he was gonna be something in the preseason. The Giants caught him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think uh, the reason I'm going with Birmingham is because Alabama, like I said, is super starved for. Is football. this game in Alabama? Uh, it's in Birmingham. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's Ooh. gonna be a loud fucking stadium. How many people are in the Birmingham stadium? Oh, seventy-one thousand. That's gonna be a loud fucking stadium. That's maximum I guarantee, oh, yeah. guarantee, first day that's gonna be full. So what's the score gonna be? Oh God, oh, Birmingham's gonna wipe the floor. It's gonna be like forty-eight to like twenty-seven. It's gonna be ridiculous. Okay, uh, John, what do you got? Uh, now I did. The only research I did is I found out Christian Hackenberg is on the Memphis Express, mm. and so I'm going to take Jets legend Chris Tash, uh, Christian Hackenberg and the Express. Score? Um, it's going to be real low scoring as hell, though, so it's going to be... Hello uh, low. <laughs> hello low. Um, I'm going to say 11 for the Express and 8 for uh, the Jeez, Birmingham Iron. John, battle. do you forget that we talked about how this league possibly could be the best passing oh, no, no, league no. in the world. I understand, but I have a feeling that there's going to be one really bad offensive game just to, you know, really put a damper on the weekend, saying, and this might as well be it. I'm saying Birmingham, and you said wipe the floor. I'm saying insanely wipe the floor. Are you saying like 38 I'm saying 32-6. to six. <laughs> I like They're it. They're going to miss the two. <laughs> Boy yeah, Birmingham's going uh, <laughs> Okay, score we're also not accounting for a lot of missed two points because Dude, that's going to happen. Gonna get wild. The I can't wait for weird. the championship. Oh, I cannot be so wait. cool. I'm just a little upset they started so low. Like, I understand it. You're going to be, you know, trepidatious yeah. before going into this, and you're not going to, like, you know, put all your eggs in one basket. But I really feel like I, I'm going to reserve my enthusiasm until after I see these teams play on uh, Saturday and Sunday over this weekend. When we come back Tuesday, I will let you know if I approve of this league or not. But with the way it sounds, I am hyped for this. Yeah. I'm really excited because I think this could be possibly, like, the best thing for football ever. Because f- we all talk about how football is dying. Not dying. It's it's getting less popular throughout, like, the time because there's no variety. Yeah. Variety is the spice of life. You need it to thrive. And we always talk about how football is the only one without an alternate league. You got baseball with those all their alternate leagues, and baseball's doing its own thing, just dying slowly. And, you know, the NBA's got the G League, but the NBA is all over the fucking place. Same with the uh, NHL. And they also play a lot more games than the NFL. So their seasons are slightly longer. They, they play more during the season. So I think this could really give it that spice that yeah. we've been waiting for that just new. It's new for football, and that's a really good thing. We haven't had new since the 1980s. Yeah. So people want football. People want more football. Kyle took Birmingham 42 to 14. Zach took Memphis 17 to 10. Tom, who do you got? And what's the score? 
Memphis Express 2420. I have faith in Christian Hackenberg, and I have faith in Brad Wing. Oh, Brad Wing, former punter for the New York Giants, is the punter for Memphis. <laughs> so 2420, you said? Yep. Oh, that's... Damn, this something. game's going to be really exciting for some reason. I'm just so pumped. And like, then the last game of the week, 8 o'clock on the NFL Network. This is where my favorite team comes in. Uh, the Salt Lake City Stallions versus the Arizona Hot Shots. Tom, give me the rankings. Salt Lake's ranked fourth, and the Hot Shots are ranked first. Dude, Salt, Salt Lake City Stallions? That's such a cool name. No, but Arizona Hot Shots is my team just because of their logo. Anyone else looking at that? Yeah, no, that's dope. That is that the is. Maltese cross for the fire department and two axes going across it. I like so, that a lot. I might get that. Kyle has uh, Salt Lake City 14-10. Zach has Arizona 21-7. Trish, who you got? What's the score? I'm going to take Arizona. I'm going to take Arizona big time because of that fucking logo. I'm a huge supporter of this team right now. I'm just looking at the fucking name and looking at the logo, and I love it. Uh, I think Arizona's going to fucking shut them out. I think it's going to be like 36 nothing. It's going to be ridiculous. John? Yeah, I'm going to also take Arizona. Not, I'm not going to go that far, but oh, I'm going to say – I am going to also say that uh, <laughs> the hot shots are going to win by, like, 21 to 14 or some shit like that. I don't know. John, two-point conversions. <laughs> uh, make that 24 to also, I don't know, 16. 16 yeah. Okay. I'm taking Arizona, and I'm taking this one to be high-scoring. I'm taking this one to actually be 52 oh, Jesus to Christ. 38. Good Lord. Who are you taking? Arizona. Arizona? I got yeah. Arizona going undefeated. Oh, that's my boy. See, I just... Oh, man. Tom, I didn't even know who do you got? What's the score? Such a cool I got logo. Arizona hot shots, 40 to 26. 40 to 26. So that's going to conclude our picks for the week. We are going to be... A, we are huge AAF fans here. Uh, I can't wait for this league. I'm going to buy a jersey over the weekend. If, if, if they're $100. Well, oh, they're only 100 bucks. Yeah. Only 100 What are the quality? I want to look they're this up. They're made by Starter, who used to make the NFL jerseys in the 90s. Oh, my God. That's so cool. <laughs> I hope they're like the old 90s jerseys. So, Tearaway shit? Uh, real quick, this is another huge part of this league is the media platform. They have their own app. They have the AAF app. Uh, they have a broadcast deal with CBS Sports. They're going to have some games on TNT, some games in the NFL Network, some games on the CBS Sports Network. And, a regular, and they're also being uh, on streamed CBS. on, uh, what the hell is it? Bleach Report. Yes, Bleach Report. We stream one game a week. Uh, games will also be carried on SiriusXM. And a cool thing, they have this app, and they have a new aspect of fantasy sports. Before the play happens, you actually get a chance to predict what the play will be. Interesting. And if you get it right, you get points and you get to move up levels, and I guess there's prizes along the way with it. So cool. I will be doing this because this is kind of sick. Yeah, that's awesome. It's amazing. So I, the, I think that what they're doing is modernizing the sport. Yeah. They're basically saying, all right, we're in the 21st century. We're going to be going to these streaming platforms. We're going to be going to the internet. Because right now the NFL, I feel like, underutilizes the internet. The, they don't realize that their fans want to be as much – uh, as part as much a part of the team as possible, so I think that the app is a great idea because everyone has a fucking. Smartphone we got to get nowadays. an AAF player on this show. We do. It'd be great. We get Michael Vick on this show. Hackenberg. Ooh. Emba Atatawa. <laughs> Trent Richardson. Who was the Hell punter? Yeah. Who was the punter? Brad I Wayne? mentioned before. Brad yeah, Brett Wayne. He's punter for the Giants. This is this so is gonna be exciting. We're gonna I'm end so every episode like we do with some hot takes. Uh, anybody got one to start? I'll take one. Okay, Trish. I think Arizona is just going to, like I said, absolutely wipe the floor with uh, Salt Lake City. Okay. Utah, another, another under. John? Underutilized. 
AAF, give it a year or so, it's definitely going to at least do better than the XFL. Yeah. <laughs> Tom? I got the San Diego Fleet finishing the season either 3-7 and seven or 4-6. and six. Wow. All right, there's 10 games. I got the Arizona Hotshots. These are all AF. I got the Arizona Hotshots finishing 10-0 and winning the championship this year. They're the best team coming into this. I'm so excited. So is there divisions in anything or like Two that? Two conferences. There's an East and a West conference. Okay. You want to know who's in what? Sure. The East is Atlanta, Birmingham, Memphis, and Orlando. The West is Arizona, Salt Lake City, uh, San Antonio, and San Diego. That makes sense. I just I can't wait for this this league to get a New York. This team. This is gonna be fun. I can't wait for them to get a New York team so I can go to a fucking game, so I can go see my Arizona boys tearing it up. All right. Well, we want to thank you for listening to the episode. Hell like, yeah. share, subscribe. Thank Episodes you very much. now on Tuesdays and Fridays. Um, yep. Thank you for listening, You're and welcome. I wish I knew who the announcer was for the um, AF. AF, so I could say he wouldn't can't get to the Super Bowl unless he's through the booth at CBS. I, w- I hope Tony Romo's doing this, even though I know CBS? he's not. Yeah, why not? Why can't CBS? He be Tony Romo? He's not doing it. They got very minor guys doing this. Ah, listen, give so, it, give it, a, give it a year or two. So we will see you on Tuesday. Enjoy the AF Sports Weekend, and we'll be back then to discuss any more news and trades that go down in the NHL. And we'll also be there to recap the week in the Alliance of American Football. Have Hell a good yeah. weekend. Have a good night. <laughs>